Hello Naglets, hope you are well. As you may have noticed, um, I noticed some of you follow me quite a bit now listen to my podcast and thank you and thank you for sharing my podcast as well. It's in a day it's here to help people and also I do more podcasts now because it's really hard to put like condensed long form content on my social media compared to through a podcast so it's a great way to teach you guys and educate you guys about um health and fitness weight loss which particularly today i already thought about doing this anyway is go back to explaining what's the best way to lose weight as i've had a lot of you asking and to be fair i haven't done a podcast about this for ages and even though i've got weight loss podcasts um i think it's good to come back to it and I come back, it, come back at it with a fresh approach, uh, different tools, what I've worked for clients for the long term. So what I'm going to talk about today is actually this has got also prompted you to a client asking me a question and bless her. Just to go through the context of my client, she's come from a dieting background and to be fair, it did work for her. She lost the weight she wanted to lose and she kept it off. But we found out how she kept it off. So I questioned why, what worked, what did she keep in, what changed. The biggest change for her after dieting and keeping the weight off was she had children. So she became very, very active. Um, she didn't really have time to snack and eat. And it just shows that maybe she was perhaps eating before the diet, probably more for emotion or more for boredom. Whereas now she's got these little humans to keep alive and... Um, she was racking up like over 10,000 steps a day. When I asked her, when I did a first ever face-to-face consultation, I said, oh, how active are you through the day? How many steps are you doing? She goes, oh, about 10, 12,000. I was like, oh my God. And she goes, what? I goes, well, you said obviously you did this diet and then you've kept the weight off and you're not on that diet anymore. Uh, but this will be why. I said, your, your activity is so high. I said, because in this country particular in this world right now where our first world problem is that we have an obesogenic environment where things are made easier for us to, one, sit around and be fed by a push of a button on our phone to get food brought to our house. Uh, you haven't even got to speak to anyone. You could do it for an app. And two, foods are becoming more hedonic, so tasty, delicious. Um, I'm not going to say addictive because it's not cocaine, but it's hard to stop eating sometimes because it tastes so good. So basically, recently, uh, my client who I've been working with, she struggles with rheumatoid arthritis sometimes, has a real bad flare-up now and again. And when you're in chronic pain, it's really difficult to want to do anything. So even I, we reset the goals what to work on. We've even come up with a plan B, actually. I'll get to what I mean about weight loss in a minute, what I'm going to get to. But basically, bless her, because of this rheumatoid arthritis flare-up that she had, uh, where she's in pain all over her body, uh, really bad in her ankle this time and it's the worst I'd seen her in a long time with a flare-up which means she struggles to exercise she struggles to walk uh, all she wants to do is sleep because being in pain is fucking exhausting wouldn't wish it upon anybody wouldn't want it myself uh, more women are prone to it as well but in between these flare-ups we do the best we can so you know her goals are you know as well she wants to lose a little bit of body fat uh, she wants to obviously be healthy, be fit, be strong, reduce the symptoms of her rheumatoid arthritis so she doesn't need to have medication as much, make sure her diet's 
decent as well because that's a big factor with her rheumatoid arthritis as well uh, due to the extreme infl inflammation in her body um, so actually all these health factors and habits as well as they are good for fat loss they are brilliant for her for managing her condition as well so when she gets a big flare-up I'm like you just got prioritize sleep plenty of hydration um, relaxation techniques if you need to go speak to your doctor go speak to your doctor um, if you can eat um, obviously you know, try and make sure you, if you can keep up a level of protein and veggies into your diet. But if anything, we just need to make sure you're fuels because you probably don't want to eat because you're in pain. Anyway, post flare up, she's starting to feel a little bit better now. But because, again, she's hardly at while uh, struggling with a rheumatoid arthritis flare up. Uh, so in the end, like I say, this weekend just gone on last week. She's just been wanting to eat. She's ravenous and feels like almost she can't stop eating almost been almost binge eating so like uh, she's even saying like she's actually sick of chocolate now <laughs> um which if if she hadn't had a flare-up and it was just a one-off this weekend like any other client of coach it's fine uh but the fact it's spiraled a little bit we've got to look at it so basically she she felt very focused on weight loss right now like really zoning in on it to the point where it's making her feel upset, angry and not very good in herself. And I'm sure we've all been there. And the focus has come away from everything else. And I'm like, Luke, I'm like, I am always happy to support you with weight loss and fat loss goals. I said, but one, you're female, your weight's going to fluctuate. I said, two, I bet you lost a shitload of weight over those couple of weeks with your flare up because simply you weren't eating and probably lost a lot of fluid from your muscles as well because uh, when we say eat carbohydrates for example we store three grams of water per gram of carbohydrate which is why again weight can fluctuate so obviously she's not been able to eat very much while having a flare-up because she just don't feel like it um she's of course lost a lot of weight but then obviously ate quite a lot since then so the weight's come on very quickly but that doesn't mean that's all body fat which is why i always say fat loss and weight loss so what I said to her is, and this is what I always advise to a lot of my clients when I first take them on, is make weight loss, especially scale weight loss, a secondary goal. Because watching the scales move up and down or stay still is like watching paint fucking dry. And you might be like, you don't know how that feels. Okay, quick example. I have actually been heavier than I am now. I have been, had probably a little bit body fat on, not unhealthily, but it was spiraling a bit out of control. I think I didn't nip it in the bud um, and may have continued putting weight on. So I did that thing where you're first in a relationship and all you want to do is eat and drink. So I'm 50, I'm about 53, 55k now. Bear in mind, I'm only 5'5". Five five. I'm not a very tall person. And I was weighing about over 60 kilograms, maybe pushing up to 65 at one point. And yeah, it's it's hard to get out of those habits and I've done where I focused on weight loss, focused on aesthetics, focused on looking good. It was so boring. I'm sorry. It's really boring working on weight loss. And I think that's why a lot of people struggle to stick with it. Because if your whole focus is, I go to the gym because I want to lose weight. I'm eating this food because I want to lose weight. Everything's all about the scale or how your clothes fit. It's just very demoralizing because you can put all this effort in, which my client I'm talking about now is is you know she does put a lot of effort into it she doesn't fanny around about it um and you don't get a great return on it you could probably barely lose a pound 
or lose nothing or sometimes gain weight because again you're female your hormones are going to fluctuate especially if you're still having a menstrual cycle in fact your weight still fluctuates even when you're bloody going through menopause it's fun for a female so with this in mind she she doesn't normally think this way she doesn't normally solely focus on weight loss but I get why she is, because Warren had a big weight increase fluctuation and also a big weight drop due to the rheumatoid arthritis, influencing her decisions on how much to eat, what to eat, because being in pain does that. Being miserable and feeling depressed being in pain does that. Um, she's not been able to go to the gym because the flare-up's really bad. She's not been able to walk as much. And due to that, it makes you feel like shit. And then because you feel like shit, you feel a bit fat. You feel, you know, you feel a bit pathetic in yourself which means she's got no performance goals. So this is what I normally do as a primary goal for most of my clients who are coached face-to-face and online, by the way, is I get them to have a goal over weight loss because it's more exciting. It brings them more joy. They are more likely to stick to the goals that we set, which will complement weight loss. It's still working towards it. It's just, I don't want them solely focusing just on that scale weight. I want them looking at can you add a bit more weight in the gym to that barbell? Can you pick up the heavier dumbbells and do that exercise for me? Can you add another two reps onto that uh, chest press you're doing? Can you ever go do some push-ups on your toes now? Are we getting there? Uh, some clients, female, are we getting towards that first band pull up on your own? Or can you do a squat PB for me? You know, or even habit goals. You know, have you done your seven thousand steps today? You know, are you hitting that most of the time? Oh, you've done more than that this week. Brilliant. Oh, you're averaging between seven to 10,000 steps a day. Wicked. Just keep doing that for me now. I don't need to increase that. Let's, let's aim to be consistent with that as a goal. Are you creating a meal plan for the week, like a menu for yourself and then getting your food shopping written up and done? It, it doesn't always have to be performance. It could also be lifestyle and habit because they're going to serve you post-fat loss or post-weight loss. It's going to serve you for the future. Here's an example. So say today I was coaching her and what we did is I went straight into deadlifts because the flare-ups calmed down now. I was like, right, we're going to do deadlifts today because she actually likes them. She's getting more into them. She feels stronger. And we just started on the 30k with the bumpers, see how she got on. And we got up to 40 on the last set. It was dead easy. She could tell when she picked up, she was like, hmm, that's, that's, that's a bit easy. So I'm skipping along, putting more weights on excitedly. And she had a great session. And I know that training session today because she's gone back at least in the gym now with me it's going to spiral into better positive actions for the rest of the day so I said to her don't fret too much about tracking this week it's half term I just want you to have three structured meals and probably two snacks across the day now so structure it out so if you're sick of sweet stuff go for more savory because I said oh do you want your protes which is porridge and protein powder she loves that uh, but she's like, oh no, no more sweet stuff. So I was like, right, three eggs scrambled on toast. Let's just have it as simple as that. And she's like, brilliant. Yeah, I'd have that. Um, just simple things like that, which she's putting back in place. I mean, here's another example of one of my clients I work with. So to be fair, my clients who are 40 plus females, as much as they want to lose weight and body fat, they actually don't make it this, their first goal. They're like, look, I'd like to lose some weight and body fat, but I'm aware that... Because, again, they've done their research. They're like, you know, I know I'm more prone to bone disease. I'm coming up to the menopause age. Um, I don't want to be this frail old woman and being all saggy skinned and weak and, you know, and have to have someone look after me. I want to be able to live my life. You know, some of them are close to retirement or have retired and want to live their best life. 
which is still the same with people who or women I work with below the age of 40. They don't realise actually they can live their best life while doing weight loss because it's all about changing the lifestyle. So with one of my clients who's 50 plus, she's 60 this year actually, she's in amazing shape. She's been coached by me over three years now and she's basically dropped dress size each year is what we've worked out. So she's now a comfortable size 10. And I'm not saying you have to be a size 10 to look good and glamorous. It's just we happened to work towards that. There was no rush to it. But the main concern was changing her habits, changing so she's healthier. So things like even just learning what to cook was one of the biggest things for her, one of the biggest barriers. You know, she discovered, for example, cheesy beans, which is like her favourite foods now. It's high in protein, it's tasty, it's great on her digestion. She swapped to white bread for wholemeal bread or her husband makes bread himself. Um, you know, it's awesome. I'm not saying you have to make your bread to be healthier and all that, but he goes for higher fibre options. And she's just made these mega lifestyle changes. She's more active now. She weight trains twice a week with me. Uh, you know, like squatting, benching, you name it. If you follow me on my social media at the Nag Personal Trainer, you will see her hosting uh, a lot on my stories, quite a lot, uh, lifting weights, including also her husband as well, who's also in his 60s. And all it is, they've focused on habit changes, lifestyle changes, from sleep to how often you move across the day, to their nutrition choices and making compromises, say with alcohol, you know, choosing sometimes to drive rather than drinking. Uh, when they're having meals out, they're making decisions of, I'll have a main and some drinks, or I'll have a main and dessert instead, based on what they fancy that day, what they really want to have. So they sit and make these mindful choices, but really enjoy it, whatever they choose to have. And that's goals. They're living their best life. They're on holiday right now, loving their life right now. And I have no issues with them coming back saying, oh, I've come off track or I'll start again. It's never an issue with them. Even if they relax, they get straight back to what they were doing before the holiday because their habits are so bloody embedded now. But that has taken time. And they still make tweaks and stuff now and again, just, just because they like being challenged. So we always make some little tweaks. We change how we how they train sometimes or what they're doing it's we keep it interesting but they love it they love the process um another client i've been coaching through online actually this is for our online group forever strong our group pt online and she's she came to say to a spa with us last week because she's a mutual friend of mine and i said to her she, she was messaging again i've had a very busy week because while she's been off work she's been going to the gym quite a bit because she likes it she's not going for calorie burning because it's only five ten percent of your calorie burn that day doing the gym that's why i would say to people look at your activity across the day you know don't just look at like your gym session your gym session is a cherry on top that's there to help build strength to help build muscle tissue because you want that toned look as you're losing weight it's to reduce your risk of injury reduce your risk of breaking bones um keep you younger for longer enable you to work for a longer period of time because a lot of us aren't going to retire until we're 60 plus so my point being with the gym, stop using the gym and classes for calorie burning. They're there to build strength, a different way to move. Sometimes classes are just fun to do, especially if you're picking like uh, dance classes. One of my clients, she loves Zumba and she just does it because she likes doing it. She likes to move. She says on a rainy day, even better because she can't be asked to get her steps up. So she'll go Zumba, get some steps up and enjoy herself. And it's social as well. I'd say these are my best, let's say best things to implement if you're working on weight loss my first one which i just mentioned is make it a secondary goal pick other goals which will complement weight loss 
So such as performance goals, so getting in the gym lifting, for example, or doing body weight, um, say goals. So like say being able to do a push up on your toes or do more push ups on your toes if you already can, or working on pull ups. Um, you could do a single leg squat goal at home, like a, what's called a pistol squat or a skater squat. They're quite cool to work on. Uh, you could set a number of reps to aim for. Um, you know, holding a position such as a plank or um, the down phase of a push up, for example, if you want to go crazy like that. Uh, there's loads of like performance goals you can do at home, and obviously there's lots you can do in the gym, like a squat PB, a leg press PB. Uh, PB is personal best, in case you're wondering. Um, one that a lot of my clients love working on the most actually benching. So a lot of my girls are enjoying doing the bench press, which is where you've got the barbell, you're lying on your back, you're pressing up and down. And they're loving doing that as well as obviously deadlifting, Romanian deadlifting. There's loads of you can choose from. And it's not just about weight. It could be you're going to aim to get to four sets in so many weeks or add a couple extra reps on, you know, uh, or do it slower, the exercise, just to challenge yourself. There's always something you can work on when it comes to a performance goal with regards to just weight training. It could be, even be a step goal. So your steps right now are like, say, below 5,000 because maybe the job you're in or you're just not conscious that you're moving less. So it could be you have neglected walking the dog as much. For you. you know what? I'm going to walk the dog twice a day now and break it up to like, say, two 15 minute walks whereas before it was a quick 10 minute round the block that extra five minutes or even if say you're doing it once a day that extra time you're doing is going to add up to your daily activity so yeah have a different primary goal to weight loss and fat loss the reason i say both again like i say weight is about your contact to the ground gravity wise whereas fat loss i was referred to as in losing body fat your body composition so you want to get toned which means losing body fat and gaining muscle tissue when we say gaining as i've always said muscle takes up less room than body fat if you look at a pound of muscle compared to a pound of fat pound of fat takes up a lot more space than muscle and muscle looks better looks more pleasing well to me it does personally might not to others perhaps but it's important to have muscle anyway you haven't got to look ripped up but train to have some muscle so make it a secondary goal, your weight loss. Second, when it comes to fat loss, is what I've just said there. Add resistance training because it's massively helpful. It helps, uh, again, reduce your risk of type 2 diabetes because it's brilliant for insulin sensitivity, just so you know. It also builds confidence from body confidence, self-confidence. Um, it also encourages better actions across the day. So you're probably going to eat better. You're probably going to sleep better. You're probably going to make sure you prioritise recovery. My set, my third tip is stop using the gym for calorie burning and think about your movement across the day. So if you like, say, barely doing, say, 3,000 steps a day, add 15, 20% steps to start with. You haven't got to go straight up to 10,000 steps. You haven't even got to hit 10,000 steps. Some of my clients are around six, 7,000 or 8,000 on average a day on average or across the week. That's what it averages out at, depending on what their job is. Like I work with paramedics as well. So they're, they're forced to sit in a van most of the time. So their average is even lower. So we look more at their nutrition. Um, and when they're training, I do look at their cardiovascular a bit more because we might not always have time to go out for walks because of the nature 
of their shift work and on days off and when they got those long stints off then yeah they'll increase their energy output through just moving across the day because people forget that walking is cardiovascular you do not have to go in the gym and do a cardio workout if you especially if you don't like it and it takes up a lot of your time i'd rather use the gym personally and encourage clients personally to use it for resistance training so picking up weights whereas cardio our people either do a fun class that they enjoy uh, go out for walks and basically just generally increase sitting on their arse less across the day. If they are normally sitting around quite a bit, then yeah, I want them up and about because that's fantastic for your heart health and you're increasing your energy out, your calorie burn, um, which is greater than your gym, what you burn off in the gym. So known as your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, your unplanned exercise. So increase that across your day because that could be anything from 15 to 25% of your calorie burn a day. So I use that more personally myself to maintain my weight as well. Or if I want to do weight loss, I will actually make sure I've got more movement in my time in my day. And obviously, of course, focus on calories as well and use both of those tools to help even maintain my weight, even to gain weight, to actually reduce my activity on purpose um, or to lose weight. I might increase it depending on what the goal is at the time. But a lot of my clients, if they're inactive, I look at increasing their NEAT across their day for more so calories out than actually the gym. The gym, gym isn't even considered for calorie burning. It's just not used for that reason. Um, and then I'd say my other tip is managing your sleep and managing your stress. As I've just said there, my client with rheumatoid arthritis, she's in pain, she's tired. Do you think she wants to go to the gym? Do you think she wants to eat well? No, because she feels like shit. And that's the thing when I speak to people, and I do consultations with them and I chat to them, or been messaging back and forth, I ask them about their sleep and their stress levels. Because if the sleep and the stress isn't being managed, they haven't got a good sleep routine, uh, they're struggling managing their stress, because we all get stressed, but how do we manage it? How do we handle it? Um, I know that's going to affect the way they eat, that's going to affect their decisions. So that's another one I look at. And lastly, which is the most important for weight loss, is your calories. Are you in a calorie deficit? So are you eating less than what you are burning? um than what you're eating sorry yeah you know what I mean my brain can't work I can never seem to get the right way around how I want to word it but in my head it sounds right but basically for example if your maintenance calories to stay the same as you are say for me it's about 21 2200 and that's based off what I would need at rest so doing nothing so your basal metabolic rate which is your biggest calorie burner is you just staying alive which mine's probably about 12 1300 calories and bear in mind people eat less than that and bear in mind, I'm only 55 kilograms and people, someone heavier than me, more mass than me, would actually require more calories to just function. So say somebody who's like, say, 20 kilos heavier than me, their BMR is not going to be 1300 calories. It's probably giving me more 15, 1600. Um, yet people panic and think I'll, I'll go on a thousand calorie diet. And most people I coach want to become active and healthy and fit. So they're also being active and increasing their activity because you know, they want to feel better in themselves, want to be, feel healthier, fitter, be able to run around with the kids or like one of my clients, she wants to be able to go ninja warrior and join in with her children hanging off the monkey bars, which she can do. That is goals. Uh, or be able to carry your shopping in one trip or be able to work for longer, just feel younger. So bear that in mind that your basal metabolic rate, you surviving, is probably minimum for a female, around 12, 1300 minimum. And then you've got to add on your daily activity on top of that. 
So your neat, your exercise, your thermic effect of food, so your body um, using up calories to break down food, which is why we encourage high protein diets usually, um, which is another tool for weight loss as well, because you need to preserve muscle tissue as much as you can, make it a fucking priority of people. Your protein is so important in your diet. As well as fibre and fruit and veg, protein gets massively neglected. And they wonder why when people lose weight quickly, they look saggy or feel weak. It's normally due to they've lost weight very quickly. With that, you will lose muscle tissue. So all my clients who are doing weight loss are always on the higher end when it comes to calorie consumption, uh, calorie protein consumption. They're at least on 25 grams of protein per meal, for example, which is, say, 250 grams of 0% fat Greek yogurt. Not Greek style, as I always remind you, Greek yogurt. Uh, and the reason 0% fat, because it's higher in protein than full fat. And if you don't like 0% fat, go 5% fat. It's a little bit creamier. Yeah, it's got a bit more calories, but it's quite satiating. Protein's a little low, so you'd have to have a bigger portion. But you may have to offset by having less granola on top and have more fruits to balance out your calories. But yes, you need to be in a calorie deficit. So, for example, your maintenance could be like I just said there, say 13, 14, you know, 12, 1300 is your basal metabolic rate. Add your exercise on top and you probably try to be more consciously more active. For most women, say if they're 10, 20 kilograms heavier than me, their maintenance is going to be higher than mine. It's going to be like 23 to up to 2500 some females. So I normally say to him, just go on 2,000 calories a day for most females, unless they're really small and work in an office job. Then, yeah, I'll probably set them on like, say, between 16 to 1,800 calories a day. So all I've done there is picked a ballpoint figure roughly without even doing a calorie calculator, just roughly gauging what the average female needs and based on their weight and their height and their mass and how active they are, um, you know, because it's all an estimation. And basically, we try round this figure and see if it works and give it like 30 days to see if it works as long as they're sticking with it and making compromises especially eating out because it's a nightmare for females when we're eating out because we we don't need as much energy as men and most of these calories on menus which you see and the food produce is actually more ideal for blokes because they can have about 2500 to 3000 calories a day whereas the average female you know based on our shape and size on mass we require probably only 2000 average a day maybe less than that depending on your height and your activity so with that in mind, with weight loss, like I just said there, you need to be in a calorie deficit. I do have a free calorie calculator. If you go onto my website, thenagpersonaltrainer.co.uk, and go to the tool section, there's a calorie calculator there you can use for free. So it works out your maintenance calories, and then you could manually take off what you want to take off. I'd say personally don't go lower, even a small female, lower than 1,500. And you can use a weekly calorie total, which is my preferred way for my most clients to do because they have flexibility on weekends. So it might be they, I always say, get away with as much as you can first because then you've got room to drop. Whereas if you start straight away low, you haven't got any room to drop. And most people then are more satiated and more likely to not go over as well. So I would say, for example, a client asked me today, and, I, and what should I go on for now? Because she hasn't got much loose. She's quite lean. So again, if you're leaner, you actually need a bit less. When you're overweight, you can get away with more calories while doing weight loss. And as you start to lose more mass, uh, then you normally require less. But I would say get away as much as you can because you stay on the higher calorie end and still get results. Then stay there because it means you're living your best life and you have room for cake and your calories, especially on weekends or meals out or enjoy some drinks with the girls or going out for brunch. So I suggested to her 1,700 and then times it by seven. 
I don't know what there's the top of my head, but basically it gives her a weekly calorie goal. It means she could probably sit at 50, 1600 some days, especially her working days because you're busy. So you're probably just going to have your free meals and maybe some low calorie snacks like fruits or a protein shake or yogurt. And it means she's got a couple hundred extra on the weekends if she's going out for meals or drinks with the girls. It gives her that flexibility. So she's still able to live her best life while doing fat loss because a lot of people are dieting for 30 plus years and had to put their life on hold. And sometimes, I, my mum, for example, she's done numerous diets and one diet she was on, I think it's the Cambridge diet. And we're at a barbecue. She's there eating these expensive bars, which cost her this diet 50 quid a week. And people moan at PT and being expensive. Uh, at least we're actually going to educate you and give you advice how to do it for life. So one day you may not need us, whereas these diets rely on retention. So yeah, 50 quid a week. She's eating these bars, um, these bloody whatever bars they are. I don't even know what they are. They just look brown and depressing. And we're there enjoying a burger on a bath with salad which is probably less than 500 calories. It's insane, isn't it? And it's got a protein you know, protein in there as well. She couldn't even enjoy a drink, which my mum actually enjoys alcohol. So there's no flexibility. It was so rigid. And I'm all for compromise and I'm all for restriction. But that's ridiculous. This is the last advice I'm going to give you. So yes, yeah, you've got calorie deficit there. Is being a female especially, because we're smaller, be prepared to make compromises. It's just tough shit. I've discovered I've, I've become a bit harsher the longer I've PT'd only because I'll find I'll coach women in the week and they do great they eat really well they're not being too over restrictive and they come to the weekends and they just go ridiculous it's like you, and also say if their partners eat more especially males they feel like they've got to keep up and eat with them and I'll be honest I've been there myself because I can bin some food in, in me I can eat quite big portions if I want it's just there's no need to do that um and it's not a competition. It's more, I eat to enjoy now, not eat to eat the most, which I think we've seen to be brought up in this culture. Especially when I grew up, it was all about who could eat the most. It seemed like an impressive thing to do, but it's not, is it? It's, you don't get a medal for it. You don't go to, you know, no one pays you £10,000 or something for doing that. There is food eating competitions that perhaps do, but you probably get be more prone to have a heart attack eventually one day. But when I say compromise, I mean, when you go for meals out, like my clients who have, um, you know, achieved long-term weight loss goals, they choose sometimes to drive so they can have a main and dessert rather than drinking. Or they have an alcohol-free beer, which are very low calorie. The other compromises, they may go out and have drinks, but then they realise that, you know, the next day, you know, they've got to make the next day better. So they never miss twice. You know, do it two days on the trot unless it's a rare special occasion, like a big wedding weekend or Christmas or Easter. But it's rare. Uh, the other compromise is if they're on holiday, you know, they've got to accept if they do eat and drink like a dickhead, when they come back, they're going to have to undo that work, you know, but take their time doing it and not rush doing it. If they go for a meal, like I just said there, um, you know, have a set rule. Like I normally... If you're going to eat out more than once a week, I either do a three to one rule, which means instead of having all three courses, you pick one that you really want to have, which for me is going to be a main. Of course, you're going to pick one. And I might have something sweet later that's low calorie at home rather than having a dessert there because you're looking at six, seven hundred plus calories. Um, and I might pick because it's one out of three. I might pick a high calorie main that I'm going to enjoy, if that makes sense. But if I'm going to eat out say a special occasion and they have two out of three so for me it's gonna be main dessert every time for some people it might be main and then they want say half a bottle of prosecco 
So again, you've got to be prepared to make compromise because these compromises you're going to keep for life eventually. The whole point is it's a long-term decision. It's a long-term change. It's long-term lifestyle changes you're making and learning how to adapt along the way based on circumstances. Like say, if your work changes and your activity drops, you've got to look at your calories or look at where how to get that activity back, what you're not doing anymore. Like me, I'm sort of, I'm like an online PT now, so I've got to learn to get out and be active. Whereas before, I was a gym instructor down in an actual gym floor, walking about all day, cleaning the gym up as well. So I was hitting well over 15,000 steps a day without trying and doing classes and joining in. Whereas now my activity is a lot lower. So of course, I've had to relook how to stay active. I've had to relook how many calories I have a day because I've had to adapt to a new work lifestyle, especially post-COVID as well, because again, we've all changed the way we work. So they're my best advice to give you there, but I'd definitely say have a goal other than fat loss and don't just look at scale weight as well. Just bear that in mind, especially females, because your weight fluctuates all the fucking time. Have performance goals and have weight loss as a secondary goal, but you're going to have other elements to complement them. Definitely be in a calorie deficit, of course. That is like the king when it comes to weight loss how you do it is based on you so again tools are say for example you might use a calorie macro tracker which is macros is protein carbs and fats which is what your calories are made up of especially if you're trying to increase your protein intake it's quite a handy tool to use for for a period of time i wouldn't say use it as the solution to weight loss but use it as a tool to educate you about probably your portions weighing some foods like say pasta for example, because we do measure it with our hearts. Um, you know, even measure things like potatoes and that or oats. So you get an idea of learning how to eyeball portions eventually. Eventually, you won't need to do that all the time or you won't need to track, but you'll probably still weigh certain foods because you know roughly what that will be. You know, it's just becoming more mindful about your eating and what your portions are. Uh, opting to cook more as well than eating out most of the time. You know, make eating out, and um, you know, just an occasion to do once or twice a week. You know, of course, we've got to support local businesses. Yeah, I'm with, I'm all for that. Um, but it makes it more enjoyable then to eat out because you're not doing it all the time. It's like, say, again, when I said about restriction, it might be you are having a ridiculous amount of biscuits every single day with your cups of tea and a chocolate bar and a muffin or something. It adds up. It's like, okay, let's narrow that back down. How about you enjoy your favourite muffin or slice of cake just three times a week instead of every day? Or if you're going to have some biscuits, put three or four on the plate and actually sit and enjoy them with your cup of tea not long after a meal because you're more satiated you're less likely to go back to the cupboard where the pack of biscuits are and you're less likely to go back to the pack of biscuits because you put the pack of biscuits back in the cupboard and put your biscuits on the plate just little things like that to implement keeping it simple as that and think about that example i just said about my client if you solely focus on fat loss and weight loss you're going to get bored very very quickly because a lot of people don't want to focus on that because they want to live their best life. So have factors in place that are going to complement weight loss and fat loss. But focus on a different goal other than fat loss and weight loss. You know, get into a sport, get into a hobby or get into the gym lifting weights. It's great fun. It also has other health implications which are going to help you. You know, reduce your risk of diabetes, reduce your risk of heart disease, reduce your risk of falling over and breaking the bone. So reducing your risk of bone disease like osteoporosis, osteoarthritis. Or if you have got a condition, it's going to reduce those symptoms with that condition, such as my client with rheumatoid arthritis. Yes, she still gets flare-ups, but 
she can come back a lot quicker. She gets stronger a lot quicker when she comes back. The flare-ups aren't as long as they used to be. You know, it's all about longevity. So when you are focusing on weight loss and fat loss, think about your health goals. Think about performance goals. Think about being stronger. You know, whether you're male or female, I think strength is so underrated working on. And I don't mean you have to work like a powerlifter. I don't mean you have to work like you're competing for something. But just build some strength in your body, whether it's body weight or weight, however you do it. If it's in classes, you know, choose a way to build some strength. Progress, you know, work on what we call progressive overload, trying to add some reps, trying to add some weight each week. Keep it really simple. Stop chopping and changing your fitness plans and stick to a plan as well for eight to 12 weeks. And if you haven't got a plan written out and you need a coach, you need someone to help you with weight loss and fat loss, and you like what I've discussed, and you're like, yeah, this is what I need, then shoot me an email, natalie at the nagpersonaltrainer.co.uk with the subject line coaching to inquire for online or in person personal training. If you want in person, I'm based in Stone Staffordshire as a mobile personal trainer, so I can come to you if you've got a space to work out in. But also online coaching is just as good. In fact, I've had quite a lot of success doing online coaching, especially working with the lifestyle aspects, which is where a lot of you struggle when it comes to weight loss. It's not the gym that's the issue. The gym is not the solution to weight loss. It's the lifestyle factors that are an issue when it comes to weight loss. Your sleep, how much you're eating, cooking, not cooking at home not moving enough, not sleeping well, not managing your stress. They are the factors that are affecting your long-term weight loss goals. That is why usually you'll do a diet, you'll get the results, but then because it's not sustainable, you eventually go back to those old habits and you're back to square one. And sometimes you're way more or have more body fat. Whereas my goal is you don't end up back there. You may have sometimes slip off track a little bit, but we can get back on a lot easier. And eventually the idea is I coach you so you can do it on your own and won't ever need to go back on a diet again. You just make tweaks to your lifestyle, to your habits, to your nutrition, to your training, to your movement. Sometimes you're going to put a little bit of weight on. That's normal, but you know how to tailor it back when you need to. Or you lose too much weight because you've been very active for, oh, no shit, I actually need to eat more calories. You'll always sit in this happy ratio and you'll do that for life and you'll just know how to do it without really making a big deal of it. So eventually you won't need me. It's up to clients if they want want me to stick around. Some love having me there because it keeps them accountable and it makes them invest in their health. And some people, they just need me for six months and then they go off on their merry way and they're fine. They just check in with me once in a while. If they're local, they'll have a coaching session now and again just to go for their list to check their technique or for a new plan. Or they switch to online because they need more help with lifestyle factors or vice versa. But the main point is if you invest in having a coach... I promise you now you get better results doing it when you've got somebody in your corner supporting you, keeping you accountable and making sure you're not being steered away from what's the right information out there. What's the up to date science when it comes to like weight loss? It's very simple. It's just it's been made complicated due to sadly how the fitness industry is as is a, is a lot to blame how it's portrayed weight loss making it complicated doing let's do keto this is the best way 800 fast let's do it this way i'm a doctor so my diet works because i'm a doctor even though they're not a dietitian this is what's happening in our industry and you'll have us little pts where they're going no 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 let's stop making it complicated it's actually really simple how you do it we just got to make tweaks to your lifestyle to make sure you're in a calorie deficit to make sure you're moving make sure you're getting stronger with doing your weight training and We'll make those tweaks and find the right tools that fit for you based on your lifestyle, whether you have children, whether you're a woman who's nearly menopausal, is menopausal, um, 
you know, you've been dieting for years and years and you've got habits embedded that we need to gradually unpick and tweak. The goal is as me as a PT is I look at the last, I look at where you are now and I meet you there and then we work from there. I don't try to get you to Z. I'm trying to get you to B, then get you to C, then get you to D. And we're not racing to get there. It's not who gets there the fastest. It's who can get there without going backwards. Sometimes you're going to take a step back, but we're going to make sure we're taking more steps forward than, than steps back. That's the goal. I hope you found this helpful today with, you know, the main element, elements of successful weight loss, but also taking away that stop making it your number one goal, make it your secondary goal. And again, as a coach, I do support people with weight loss goals if I think it's appropriate and I think it's healthy for them to do so. The only time I won't support it is if I think they've got issues with they need to go see a dietitian or there's some mental health issues there, then I'll refer them on. You know, I will make that judgment. I have had to make that judgment before, uh, sadly, uh, but it, it does happen. But, you know, I will always support that, but I'll always push you to have a different first goal because I promise you now you'll enjoy the process far better when you enjoy doing something you keep doing it don't you when you're bored of doing something you don't like doing something you're not going to keep doing it which is what normally happens when people focus on solely weight loss so I hope you found that helpful if you're interested in having coaching off me or you just have a question you want me to answer information's free you can google information about weight loss and fat loss but sometimes you just want it filtered down and someone just to answer a question you can by all means you are more than welcome to send me a question to my email natalie at the nagpersaltrainer.co.uk or you can reach me on my facebook and instagram which is at the nagpersaltrainer there's no one else really called that so it's really easy to find me uh, and again if you want to ask for coaching again you can dm me on my instagram at the Nag Personal Trainer or email me natalie@thenagpersonaltrainer.co.uk. Again, thank you for listening, and again, I'm always grateful if you can share this with one other person if you think it's going to help them. Thank you for listening.